0: what is up everybody welcome back to two times the grind we're here for episode two we are so blown away by all of the love right. and support and the views that you guys have been flooding our way um i mean i have no words about yeah, it
1: i think uh, i think when we <laughs> originally uploaded the first episode we were like yeah. hopefully we get like 100 views mm-hmm. and i think now the video is up to 2.6 yeah i'm Wow!
0: Yeah, so honestly, I cannot thank you guys enough for tuning in and wanting to listen to our ramblings about esports and all sorts of other things. So we hope that you enjoy episode two. We've got a few topics to discuss today, but... Before we do, you probably notice that in the middle of the table, as per episode one, we do have the coffee that we're trying out this week. We're actually going to be trying out uh, something a little different, uh, kindly gifted to us by your sister, yeah. Samantha Jeklinski. Big shout out, SJ.
1: SJ. Um, it's
0: Beanbox. Now, Beanbox is really, really cool. I've uh, been learning a little bit about it. And I have the uh, pamphlet here. So this is by no means an ad or sponsored in any way but just something that we're trying out because we think it's cool um so bean box is actually a subscription that you can subscribe to monthly um where you get sampler bags of different coffee from all around the world and you get to actually kind of have your say your preference of coffee beans you can try loads of different ones out you can then assess which ones you love uh, make them more regular for yourself or if you fancy one month oh do you know what i want to try some more out you can do that and change that up and uh, change your shipment frequency etc so really cool something i've never seen before with coffee the fact that you can literally subscribe yeah, and figure out what you fancy because there's one thing that i've learned especially starting this podcast and wanting to try different coffees and also traveling with you too is that there are so many different coffees in the world
1: I- Absolutely. I, th- I think the cool thing with this subscription-based service is just that for us it kind of works perfect yeah. um, You know, we're gonna try a lot of what people recommend and send us But for the times that we don't have anything mm-hmm. rather than just going to the store and buying the same coffee as maybe we would we have, a, we have a box we to, do. We do. to open we, up and we try We do, different we do
0: indeed. So they send you um, all sorts of different, different versions products. of coffee, and mm. you can probably see here, and for all of you listening with no kind of visual aid here, it's a very small little packet of coffee. It's actually really lovely. Uh, the packaging is really cute. Yeah. Um, it actually doesn't say on it how much is in here, but we, we have obviously tried one of them, and it was enough for two cups, mm. I would say, in a uh, French press. So... The one we're trying today is Kuma coffee. It's an Ethiopian Algarodera coffee. So the notes for this coffee, yeah, we're getting posh here, uh, cantaloupe, mango, hibiscus, and honey. Now, we're going to have a little sip. Did you just have a I little cheeky sip? sip? It's, a cheeky it's sip.
1: actually, it's scary how accurate it is, like with the notes. Like when I read it, I was like, oh, it's going to be like a lighter roast, a little bit on the fruity side, I guess you'd say. Oh, and yeah. it's pretty accurate.
0: Yeah. It's very floral. Yeah. It's nice though. It's it's floral without being perfumey. Very sweet. I can mm. definitely taste the honey. Um, I can't really taste cantaloupe in it that much. A little bit of mango, I would say, just a touch, but not... It's not like... I wouldn't say it's floral enough or fruity enough to, to really kind of be more like a herbal tea-type yeah. tasting. It's not like that. Yeah, absolutely. But like you can still add milk or you can still add, you know, dairy-free uh, type substance to it. And it still tastes really good. Like, I've got oat milk in mine... Um, It's really nice very Mm -hmm. light i would say extremely light um but really good we're actually gonna sip this throughout the uh podcast while we talk and chat and discuss different topics and we'll let you know our rating after
1: i actually have a question for not you though Mm -hmm. but for viewers to post or tweet us or somehow send us on social media how you drink your coffee because mm. yeah. I've actually really been wondering this. We use the Keurig machine a lot and then French press a yes. lot. Yes, and yeah. well, we that, love espresso as yeah. well. So, and sometimes we'll use an espresso what's it called? What? Like that espresso maker. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, we know. haven't used it in a while. I can't think of the name actually, of
0: it. You know what it is? It's, it's like the metal total metal steel yeah. espresso making where you get like the big kind of paper bags and you're able to filter it through there. Um, I don't actually know the official word for it. We'll we'll find out. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, we use let sometimes. us
1: know. Let us know what you yeah. how you drink your coffee. How what you d- drink
0: it in the morning, guys, yeah. or in the afternoon, or evening. Sometimes, probably multiple cups. No shame. Like us. <laughs> no shame at all. Uh, we love coffee and hope you guys are enjoying our ratings of some of these. So, the first topic we're going to talk about today, Paige, mm-hmm. is of course Call of Duty because. Yes. That is something that has kind of taken the Call of Duty world by storm because we've obviously got this incredible Super Week on the yeah. horizon. Actually, as we're filming this, is day one of the Super Week. Um, so... We won't have updates on, obviously, the first two days before this goes out, but we're going to talk about what we think of the Super Week.
1: Typical, like, (laughs) project. Anything that can go wrong does go wrong. We said in the podcast we're always going to be talking about Call of Duty, and obviously we are. Yeah. But we were planning on going over matches and highlights (laughs) and stuff like that, and then next thing you know, Texas has no power because of a snowstorm oh, no. also anyone hopefully, in texas yeah, we uh,
0: you know we're thinking of you guys hoping everybody is safe and warm and has somewhere to go and if you guys are struggling um just know that you know things will hopefully get better from here and and please be as safe as you possibly can and as smart as you possibly can i think but we're um, thinking of you. i think
1: they're doing okay now yeah that's what tj you know tj being lethal yeah. and frosty both have said everyone i think is back up and running hopefully i'm not wrong in that because i certainly hope it, it is but you know
0: yeah absolutely hopefully, um, hopefully
1: everyone made it through safe yeah and healthy
0: absolutely um so i think super week. super week. Yeah. i think this is going to be super exciting it's obviously going to be whoa a ride yeah. <laughs> whoa right no pun intended. Um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so first of all uh we have to talk about the schedule so big schedule it's a lot to take in here Mm -hmm. it's a lot to remember and it's a lot to really think about because I think the really fun thing about Call of Duty League is that every single match counts Um, it's something that you look forward to seeing your favorite teams how many points can they get that week where are they on the leaderboard and I think obviously early days is super fun because you get to see who's at the start of the race and who's really kind of gunning for it so you wanted to talk about Florida didn't you
1: yeah Uh, what
0: what do you think they're going to accomplish in this super week based on their schedule
1: I think that this is a tough week for Florida and a telling week for Florida Uh, I don't I'm trying to think off the top of my head we don't have the laptop ready to say the schedule but I know that they play phase and I know I know they play LG Mm-hmm. They play Phase, they play Optic, and they play Paris. Yeah. So I believe they should go 2-0 to begin the week, begin the Super Week, and then they play Phase, they play Optic. Florida is a really hyped up team because of their takedown of Phase in the preseason or what um, was it? kickoff. Yeah, it was, kickoff. it was in
0: the kickoff. It was uh, yeah, one of the, of the first matches. Kickoff, kickoff classic. Yeah, kickoff yeah. classic.
1: Right. Yeah. So they're actually really um i don't want to say hyped up because that's like discrediting them but people after them taking down phase people are really looking to them to make a a name for themselves right yeah
0: make cause a scene yeah Yeah. and then
1: they start with a loss a 3-1 loss to toronto yeah and i think the difficult part for florida is their snd needs to be amazing when you look at last year um skies i'm trying to think off the top of my head skies actually in the whole league had the third best kd in snd mm-hmm. and awakening had the fifth best kd mm-hmm. in snd so clearly a normal strong suit and then you fast forward to a brand new game they bring in neptune they bring in Slacked. they beat phase what two game types do you think they beat them in the snd <laughs> yeah and then they play toronto yeah they go down 2-0 they win the control if they win the D, <laughs> they win this series so i, I don't we think, sound like broken records yeah, as well we're going to be
0: saying this well, so it, much it's it, so important though it's
1: it's a tough it's one of those things you have to be good at every game mode i certainly think that they can be good at respawns i'll be honest i think slack needs to find his confidence back yeah. after being on surge last year i just think that he probably is struggling a little bit with his confidence and the numbers kind of represent that he plays a certain role on a team, and I'm, I'm I'm aware of that. He's not going to be putting up the biggest stats every time. He's not awakening on the roster. But their respawns really rely on him, in my opinion, and Skies, because Skies on the uh, week one did not play well at all against Toronto. He he was equally negative with Slacked, and he's supposed to be a little bit more of a main slayer, in my opinion, Skies. So got to win the SNDs, and if they're going to, I mean... They got a chance to beat every team. It's just a matter of whether or not they'll kind of clutch up and win the game types that they really need to.
0: I mean, let's be real, though. Okay, so based on who they have in the schedule, right? Mm-hmm. They want to at least go up 2-0 to oh, start the need week. Need to. You know? Because then they phase up. They <laughs> phase, phase up. And, yeah. Look, You know what I'm thinking of. They face phase, and optic yeah. at the end of their week. And you already know that these two matches are going to be pretty intense for them. Mm-hmm. It's two of the best we have in the league, and they've kind of cemented that already at the beginning. So that will be an interesting dynamic to kind of look at and to see how they kind of go against and fare against those teams. But that is saying really we'll get a good picture of that if that if they do go up 2-0 yeah. at the start. Because, because if they don't, then it's, it's kind of rewritten, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and because losing to Toronto is already somewhat of an upset. I wouldn't say it's a massive upset. Toronto has been really consistent, really solid. So I wouldn't say it's a massive upset, but they need to go 2-0 to begin the week they need to beat lag and they need to for the ranking sake of where people would mark them they need to beat lag they need to beat paris but that lag match we'll see because lag looks like they're really good at search and destroy so
0: oh they are exactly
1: so then it's vivid. like yeah
0: i mean we can get into it we'll, we'll probably touch on lag a little bit later on in vivid but yeah like one of the biggest things I think LAG has going for them is yeah. the fact that they can they can like top and tail the series yeah. because of their S and D game, and then their respawn hopefully will get better and better. Um, but we'll talk about that when yeah. it comes to optic. One question I had for you before we move on to LAG and, and that lot is Neptune. Obviously, yeah, yeah. you know your boy I'm Neptune. My boy, the boy Trav. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, big pickup uh, for Mutineers, Big pickup for him, mm-hmm. and. You know first week he had a fantastic kickoff classic first week into it with his new team and in a huge league what did you make of his gameplay but he played great yeah
1: to be honest and this isn't being biased like you know I'm friends with Neptune you know full disclaimer right he came from Halo I'm happy <laughs> full for disclaimer, I'm, I'm, people. I'm happy for him um, but I thought he played great he was pretty much positive positive or even through every game that they played. Skies and Slack both had a pretty rough series. Although Slack did actually, I think, get most kills or almost most kills in game three, which they won. So go figure. Um, but I'm happy for him. I think what Ogre 2 is doing with Farda, Ogre 2, obviously, Halo player, you know, one of, one of the GOATs, Tommy boy over there. Um, him coming on as the GM. I don't know how much influence GMs have 100% control over, but, I mean, you have to think that they're somewhat influential because the fact that now tom has gone and gotten two halo players the first being frosty the second now being neptune he has to have some kind of control and say i don't it's probably different per team you know but i love what he's doing i think he put together a really great roster heading into it neptune was it, it wasn't even a risky pickup because he had played almost a whole year of search and destroy tournaments and he was beating you know dashy um I'm trying to think of people like Dashy, Blast, like all these guys that are really known for their search and destroy game. He was hanging in there. They're playing wagers, betting money on each other. So awesome pickup. I think he did great. And hopefully they can turn it around and, you know, he can start making a name for himself.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, He's a phenomenal player. He... Honestly, super young, super talented. And I think uh, I think he's definitely going to be one to 18? watch this season. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like just on the cuff yep. of being able to compete. But that's kind of what you want to see, mm-hmm. I think, in a league like this. You want to kind of, you know, have these young players who are really talented and then continue their career and just get better and better and turn into these incredible players and then veterans in their own right later on. Yeah. And they start to become these icons for other young players and the cycle continues I, I really love to see that and the growth of any sport um we've got to talk about optic though yeah. this is this is where lag will kind of feed into because obviously optic we want to focus on the snd game we said that in episode one it's so important i feel like it's really letting them down in certain areas and despite in in other matches that we've seen them them play they have been phenomenal and they have been incredible but there has been that slight lack of S&D, even in the matches that might have been a little bit easier for them, mm-hmm. you still see the kind of bit of struggle that comes through with the S&D. So when they do face the bigger teams, it's so much harder um, because it's just not going to happen for them. So where are they at with it? Where do you think they need to go? And like, how, how difficult do you think this really is going to be for OpTic if they can't quite get a grip on it?
1: Oh, I think if they don't put it together, I think it's going to be insanely difficult. To be a consistently winning team, I think you have to be pretty consistent across the board in every single game type. The thing that I like about Optic, I think that last week was actually probably one of the best things that could have happened to them. I, you know, we talked about the Optic podcast last week. Again, we'll talk about it this week. They talked about their search and destroy game, talk about phase and their search and destroy. And one of the things I liked that formal said, and this is that winning mentality that he has always had. And he continues to have, he said, it's almost a good thing that we lost this early on because it just showed like, the weakness in our game because they got smoked on both yeah. S and D's. They got smoked. It was, yeah, bad. He said, if we would have won three, one, cause they were seconds away. I think it was two seconds away from winning. It would have been really easy. And he said this to chalk it up as, Oh, that game two is a fluke. But because they go to game five and they lose so terribly bad, it's like, okay, this is a real problem. Yeah. So I, th- I think they, wake up. yeah. So I think that losing to phase, I think actually, hopefully for them, will be one of the greatest things maybe for the season because had they just cruised the whole way, the last thing you want to have them do if you're an Optic fan is for them to go like, I don't know how many matches there are before the first major, but let's say go undefeated yeah, in the the season, in the pro league season, and then go to the major and they have this weakness of a game type. And all of a sudden at the major, it all comes crumbling down, you know? So we'll see. We'll see at the first major how much work they put in because it's going to be it's going to be a long process yeah. to get there because well, they did see good. it this super week yeah. as
0: well and if we know anything and i know that you know the guys quite well i know the guys quite well now and i know that they're hard workers yeah like they will work on this because yeah. if you if you had literally seen their faces i don't know how much of it you watched in depth of the game i know I, that I you caught it. up on it yeah but towards the end, there, like it showed their face in that final game five between rounds, mm-hmm. their face cams were showing. I have never seen a more like gutted and like upset face on every single one of them ever before yeah. on a face cam. Like I couldn't. They they knew like ra- like two rounds in, their face said it all. They were like, yeah, this is over. Well,
1: they know they know that respawn is their strong point. They probably were feeling a little bit demoralized with losing that game four that they. Could have and should have probably won. Um, I think and- Scump
0: had already in his mm-hmm. head lost it because yeah. he didn't have a fantastic... Game five. You know, first three games yeah. as well. It's hard.
1: Then you go to the game five, you know, you... you- basically barely lose game four go going to game five and you're thinking in your head oh we're not good at this yeah. you know like it's there it's there in their minds but they just got to work at it like you said they're really hard workers you know so hard yeah. you know so they got sender over there as a coach they got Hex, you know back with og i mean there's no reason for them not to figure it out and
0: they have such a good team dynamic like they get on so well yeah It seems like they are gelling really nice as a team. And not only that, like obviously talking about what they're not good at, isn't any kind of shade towards them. It's just about- They're one of the best. Yeah, they are picking up on maybe what could make them even better. And like, let's be real though. The first few games we ever saw of Optic were insane. Yeah. Like, they were steamrolling through teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, as they absolutely should. incredible. That's what you expect to see from yeah. them. Because and that's how talented they they're were riding that rosters. high, yeah. you know? But I think... they what form- They were vibing. That's what everyone says, They they're were vibing. vibing. Yeah. But, like, as as Formal said,
1: yeah.
0: it's a wake-up call for you know them. You can't ri- just be incredible the whole season because then when you do get to a road bump... Excuse the truck that is just rolling outside. <laughs> he's rolling on through yeah. on his whip. Um, You know, when you do get to a, a speed bump... You, you know it's dangerous because you've been so comfortable and you've never been out of that comfort zone yeah. and had to work on anything that much and suddenly halfway through the season when things start counting so much more and people are catching up to you you know you might get thrown off the boat and yeah, you don't you, want that. you know
1: what one of the hardest things with search and destroy and i think this is why they have such a hard time with it and formal talked about this pro players don't play it amongst each other like you don't get a search and dis- a search and destroy destroy I can't speak a search and destroy scrim like it's all about piecing it together essentially without playing it or you're playing it but maybe strats and yeah because they don't want to give each other strats yeah so you don't want to overplay a certain yeah so I think that's the really difficult part with search being such a weak point is because you're not getting that top level play and pro players talk about all the time scrims and league matches will be so different because people play very different when things are on the line Mm. so uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do uh, maybe in a short amount of time with the super week. I think honestly them playing, I don't know how many matches they play this week. Do you know? It's a couple. I think, I think it's like it's two, like, right?
0: What? Optic? Yeah. I don't know.
1: I think it's two matches. That's so many. But Are you
0: sure it's only two? I think it's a bit more than that. It might be more. I think it's like three or four. I think
1: them playing back to back to back like that it would be a really beneficial thing for them because they get the reps in. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I, um, it's, it's interesting as well because S&D is so personal. Mm-hmm. Like the... It really is like personal stats, like how, how well does your team do, like what how good is somebody at doing this particular thing, or like you really have to take control of each individual person's skill and put it to the best use, and then also keep switching it up all the time, because you can't just use the same thing over and over yeah. again, you've got to change it up, so... Yeah, it's a really difficult thing to to be super good at and to always be good at. No snipers so, um, yeah, right and now. Yeah, no snipers right now, which they, is... I mean, they
1: got two of the best snipers in I know, the game. and they Formal can't even use it. Yeah, they can't them. even use it. Mean, do you is,
0: remember Dashy coming in to yeah. Optic last yeah. season and just being ridiculous? We'll
1: start on Black Ops 4, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when he first played for Optic, yeah. I mean... So,
0: yeah, it's just... Um, it's just ridiculous. But no, also, yes, Black Ops 4, but last season when Dashi was subbed in oh,
1: yeah. to oh, yeah, OpTic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, what a cool moment that yeah. was.
0: Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to let you down there on that, on that. I was like, yeah, that is true. But also last season, oh. that was ridiculous. He just came on and just world-starred oh, he everyone.
1: So, he has so many highlights, it's hard to keep track. Yeah, you know?
0: No, I know, he's a very talented player. Um, but that brings us on to, you know, looking at where they're at with their S&D game and who they're going to be facing. Obviously, LAG is one of those and they do have an incredible SD player in vivid who last uh literally like last week his stats were ridiculous yeah. um he was pulling 10 for 4 oh wow his kd was like 2.5 it was ridiculous like it was silly like and he didn't let them down in any game they only lost one um s&d game i think since starting the season um i can't remember exactly who that was against but i know that they lost it and his stats were still pretty good like he's a good player he's so good yeah
1: do they play each other optic and lag
0: do they play each other yeah yeah well they're in the same pool yeah they play each other
1: okay yeah it yeah vivid didn't he say like the kill record
0: yeah, he set the kill record in, in, in Modern Warfare. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure so, was Modern Warfare. Twenty yeah. kills, something like that. Yeah, I think it's twenty. Uh, st- stupid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> twenty kills in an wow. S <laughs> and Just like three. Most, free, play- most free, players free. are just thinking. <laughs> most players are just thinking. Let me not goose. <laughs> like, and just go. Get home. zero. You know? We're over. Have it vivid. Yeah. Just <laughs>
0: go away. Don't embarrass me. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. So, and they, you know, I've spoke to apathy as well. Mm-hmm. And they've been really, really working on S&D because they can tell they're good at it. So why not like finesse it even more so? Um, and it's been something that they've been focusing on. And you know what? They played quite a few S&D tournaments before the season even started. And one majority came second in like a handful, uh, but never lower placement in than that. They have been yeah. putting in a lot of practice. And then also putting it to the test, which has been really interesting in like amateur tournaments. So... That's really fun. I think that's a really cool thing to do as a team, like to really test the waters and see how good is it because you said scrims just don't happen. So I think
1: what LAG is doing that I'm a big fan of is they're playing to their strengths. They realize Search and Destroy is a great game type for them and they're kind of like doubling down on the fact that they can beat any team in that game mode. When they play against Phase, when they play against Optic, if they can go 2-0 in S&D, all they got to do is somehow get one respawn off of your empires, your phases, your optic, your search and destroy is really strong, you win the series. And we're going to keep saying that throughout the whole season because it's a very, yeah. it's it's a true stat. So I think that's the cool thing about them. We'll see how it plays out for the year. Obviously, yeah. every team is amazing. So it's tough to be like, oh, they're really good at s and then, you know, they could just lose it to yes, anybody. It's
0: true. That is true. I guess the, their track record so far and just like how good their players are being at the moment is, it's like a, it's a nice little tell, at least for the, like, the time being. Like, you're not that, kind of worried about it as you would be with optic obviously um but yeah it's exciting i'm 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 looking forward to seeing yeah, who comes too. out on top and who does what and which team's gonna want and what they're not good the at. the first and... major is gonna be so cool like <laughs> the,
1: the league matches leading up to it are obviously amazing it's great to be able to rank teams but once you get to that first major yeah. uh, that can't wait that's where it's gonna be like okay now's the time
0: um the next team i think we should touch upon is ellie thieves yeah. because obviously thieves are back in town
1: they back yeah hold on to your
0: wallets they're robbing people (laughs) of games at the moment um so yeah doing really really well and um right now with the schedule and what it looks like how how confident are you feeling with this team potentially this week walking away with four and one or maybe five and zero
1: yeah well so basically i think they'll go four and oh and then their last match is versus empire Mm -hmm. and i would normally be like okay great start for thieves they're going to go 4-1. What an amazing start. You know, going into it, I honestly was being like, I don't know what I think of this team, you know. Kind it, of got to see. Yeah, because they, they didn't have yeah. that success in MW, but they stuck. Three-fourths of them stuck. Yes. So you're but kind that's of, kind of worrying, isn't yeah. it? When you look
0: at them, it didn't work before, and it's like, well, was it something else? Because or was it the, team the problem or? with mm-hmm. them
1: sticking when they didn't have success is because if they didn't start the season 2-0, what are the vibes like on the team? Is it just like oh, no, this isn't, work. this isn't working again, mm-hmm. you know. But because they went 2-0, I think they're going to have that swagger to them. I think they're going to go 4-0. And, and they're playing Empire, and I think they'll go 4-1 because I'll always give Empire the benefit of the doubt. But Rocker beat Empire. And, man, what a starter to be. You know, shot L.A. Thieves, back in town, back in Call of Duty, start 5-0. Yeah. I, yeah. mean,
0: I mean, I think. And,
1: and the best team in the pool, yeah, probably, very if they win true. that. Very,
0: yeah. very true. Um, I think that would cement so much for them and the confidence that we give them too. if they could Mm find I mean, it's a nice number in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just talking back about LA thieves and kind of last season and kind of maybe what went wrong. um, Something I wanted to talk about and broadcast that we'd spoken about in the morning previous to broadcast Mm -hmm. was slasher. Mm -hmm. And, you know how comfortable he's feeling now and it's something I tried to get across to him in an interview without like really poking the bear about it because I want to be respectful but I also wanted to say like how much of it was that you literally just weren't allowed to do whatever you wanted to do in your role that you really wanted and you had to kind of accommodate for everyone else but that's something I couldn't really say I just kind of asked him like how does he feel now being on the team and you know how is it You know, how are they vibing? What are the roles like? Because, you know, we were talking about it that morning and, you know, we said Slasher, like, wasn't able to kind of fill the boots that he would have wanted to. You know, there was way too many ARs on the team and it just wasn't working out and roles had to be swapped and kind of people kind of just had to rely on others to get the job done when maybe they wanted to do that themselves so how much controversy do you think that would have caused in the team itself like knowing like oh I could have done a better job like personally you might have thought that or yeah
1: you know Uh, what I mean I think they struggled with it a lot like last year um it's not it it's kind of publicized now it's not a secret yeah they struggled a lot with Dashi because dashi I don't I still to this day don't fully understand but Dashi for whatever reason was like really hard stuck that he wanted to be an AR player yeah and I don't personally get it because I think Dashi is one of the most like individual skilled players like period I think he could play any playstyle use any gun and he's gonna fry slasher has cemented himself as one of if not the best ARs in Call of Duty. Yes. Across every game now, he's consistently at the top in the AR category. So can't really argue it. Yeah. But he, I think he he just has a very winning mentality where I think he took it on himself like, I'll do whatever it takes. And I get it because that's what you want of a teammate. But they just weren't playing to their strengths. And that's where I think it was the, um, the last LAN event, the LA event. I think it was the Optic LA event, wasn't it? Yes. Where they actually swapped roles again. Dashi was still on the team. Mm-hmm. Slasher goes back to AR. And you remember how good they were at that LA event. Like, I think they got, like, top... Well, they didn't. there wasn't, like... Yeah, no, there was kind of placing... They got, like, top four. It was the four.
0: time that they actually... Suddenly, we were all like, oh, oh okay. Ba- they yeah. actually can play? Yeah. And nice. it was because yeah. of that role switch. Yeah. And
1: then, obviously, stuff ended up not working out. Dashi gets benched um, for Draza, right? Yeah, Draza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... It, it just shows how big of a, fa- a factor roles can be. And yeah, it's what you said. Uh, you know, I don't know if you, did you get anything out of that interview or did he not really?
0: Um, I did a little bit. He kind of just said like, we're all just really happy with like what we're doing and, and how, you know, how our team is working, the dynamic in the mm-hmm. team. And it, like from, from what he said in like a very nice kind yeah. of dulled down way, he kind of just said that things are very different from last year. Yeah. Everyone knows what they want to do. Everyone knows what we're supposed to be doing, and it's working. So I was like, that's good for me. Well, I I saw
1: a clip from CDL, and it was when they interviewed Temp. And Temp, in the interview, was like... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. In this, like, piece of content, he was saying... You know, I'll run smokes, I'll run trophies, I'll do <laughs> yeah. it. And I think that is, <laughs> You're like ultimate team yeah, player. Yeah, and I don't think he's necessarily always been considered that. Mm-hmm. But I think going into the season, that mindset is like what the it's those key. core three needed. They just needed someone who is going to be, you know, shoot laser beams and be like, I'll do what Slasher tells me to do. Because Slasher is an IGL. And he, he's always been one of the most vocal people in Call of Duty. Whether it's the good stuff or the bad stuff, always been one of the most vocal people. So... Having someone come in like that, you know, hopefully Temp sticks to it, sticks to that mindset. And we'll see see where it takes. I think
0: this is the difference, the big difference for them this year. Not only are they more comfortable, I think, with where they are at in terms of the org, Mm -hmm. because I think that they are very passionate about who they're playing for now. And I think that's a big thing, too. But also, you don't want a team that's made up of four individual people. You want a four-man team that's what you want you don't want diff- you know different people doing different things and not really actually thinking about the overall consensus of the group and actually all together fighting for one purpose which is to win that's what you want you don't want a team that is just out there to do individual things and prove themselves individually because you're not going to win like that yeah. i think that's where empire have it really down really nicely oh, 100% they play to each other's strengths 100%. which is great so
1: those guys are ahead of their years you know they got oh, illy yeah. Shotzi and Huke, all really young players, but way ahead of their years, years. because it takes, it takes players, usually players becoming professional, it takes takes them a little bit, it takes them a little (laughs) bit to piece together, like, okay, it's not just about me, it's about us, and it's about our team, and it's about our org, and, and what we're doing, and I think, I mean, you've talked to the Empire guys plenty, I mean, you would say that every day, you'd say they're, they're a core group of guys, they love playing together, and they'll all do anything, wouldn't you? Yes, I would,
0: Yeah. yeah, it's, uh. They've got something very different. But I think a lot of the teams this season, I think the reason why the bar is so high competitively is because a lot of teams actually are forming that. And I think they've got it right this season. Because obviously they've tried it. Yeah, 4v4. They've tried it out. One less person to have to like worry about in terms yeah. of like what are they going to do like yeah. is everyone comfortable and happy you know it's hard. it can be really hard and you've got to think carefully about teams and who you're bringing on especially as an org who do you want to pick up who is going to work with your players your players happy with that decision or is that now cutting out someone else's role and i think orgs have really learned from last season and i think that is why we're seeing some really hot competition coming into season 2 so yeah uh, let's see how this uh, super week plays out and we'll definitely update you guys on I our i already thoughts. can't wait for
1: next week to like talk about I it know, all I know. You know? i'm so
0: excited <laughs> i know um so Obviously, Call of G, it's been a blast talking about it, but we can't talk too much about it. We haven't mm. seen anything yet. Um, Halo, though. So, yeah. Halo has been happening. Uh, we've had another tournament, uh, been and gone, and another champ uh, for you under your belt. So, fantastic stuff. Congratulations, babe. Thank you. Really proud of you. Thanks. Very, very proud. Especially proud <laughs> Game Five, <laughs> Grand Finals, where you uh, made them quit out. Game Two. Oh, was it Game Two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, won, it wasn't three, Game one. Five. No, no, it was Game Two. Oh it was game two and
1: mm-hmm. they quit yeah it was still up it was still up 2-0 they basically we were up wait hold the phone yeah. i thought it was
0: game five and i was like oh it's not that bad then no they quit out game two
1: yeah we it was construct team slayer we're up i think like 20 kills and what? i went back and watched it from their pov they were like were like what did they we say? should just end this and then like i oh, went i went no. i went and got like a triple with a snipe and they were like yeah let's end it <laughs> no yeah.
0: wait hold on so how did it play out for the rest of that then
1: what? That was it? Yeah, so they just so forfeit for, Yeah, they just no. forfeit the game. So they didn't game. even
0: play game three?
1: No, we played game three. Right. You just forfeit game two. Like, they left... They ended at game two. Oh, so you, not you like, played you, game three? Not, yeah, yeah. So they won How game three. How was game three? Yeah, they won. It was fun. Oh, they won game yeah. three. It, what? Yeah, the game's This is like, a rollercoaster of
0: emotions th- right now. Yeah,
1: but it's because, like, they, it's just the so way... So you won 3-1. Yeah, the right. way stuff is now everyone's a team but not really a team you know so it's like if you, you just shook shooketh me yeah, on podcast i thanks. know <laughs> but when you lose like nowadays because of where halo competition's at yeah it's just like when you it, we talked about it last week right there's that care but eh. so when they lose game two really badly yeah. they're just like eh. i
0: thought that was like a big no-no in a tournament though like you're not allowed to do that oh
1: we got in trouble we got like Yelled that not yelled that but people had a big problem with us doing the same thing i know but you um, did it
0: you did it to end a series yeah
1: it was game five we were down exactly. they needed they did like it four in game two they when needed, they, like, four they kills literally to win.
0: can you can bounce back yeah and not only, like
1: i think i mean i don't like <sighs> as a competitor i don't care personally yeah i but don't know as a yeah. spectators
0: as a spectator that's not great yeah you kind of want to see it hap- like all yeah. happen and unfold but anyway well, because pe- people said the same thing about us,
1: <laughs> about like, oh, you shouldn't have left. Because yeah, but game two though,
0: game two. It's
1: the same thing. Game two,
0: people, come on. Same thing. Game Let two, me know G- what you game, two game five, same thing. That is not the same thing. Game two is not when the same you know thing it, with game Okay, five. but
1: see this is, in in Kidding Team Slayer. Me. Yeah. Like, it, because especially on older Halos, if it was like at a live event on Halo Infinite, I would never ever quit.
0: They just didn't want you to get a clip. That's all. I
1: already got it, so it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no. they didn't want but, the clip to extend. <laughs> but because we're playing old Halos, it's like it's just to, it's just to not prolong the series. It's like we know we lost this game. Let's get on to the next one.
0: I know, but there's like a level of like professionalism about it. Like, for example, like if I'm playing sport, I'm not just gonna go. Mm-hmm. There's only like 15 minutes left of this game let's chalk it up i'm walking off the pitch like you just don't do that like i just don't put my stick down and go see you, everyone thanks so much bye thanks ref thank you like you just don't do that yeah
1: i don't mind i don't care
0: you were just like yep need to eat
1: yeah i mean it's getting <laughs> on to be like midnight so where it was like midnight when we were playing do you so guys like,
0: understand what i'm saying though like I there was a level i of get like, what you mean
1: I, I, get I don't what you know mean it's just a sure. little bit
0: like immature about it and I'm not calling you immature because I know you guys did it yeah which can I just say it was a little immature and I did tell you that afterwards I said yeah, you shouldn't it was have a done bad that time. I, it I, was not great but I I also understand that the frustration about you know replaying old games and like yeah. it's just like it's just a headache for you guys I, I understand and you know when things are going wrong I, I understand that but it's also just a level of like just get on with it
1: yeah well that I would never like I wish I could take back when we did Doing that, that yeah. especially if I knew people were going to be so upset about it it, because i don't i have you know we've lost plenty of turn it was in the finals Well,
0: people look up to you i think that's what it is but
1: uh, and i've said this before like i let kind of a couple weeks go by before i said anything and someone had to bring it up again and i don't want to like make this you know yeah negative not negative but sad on the podcast but at the time that it happened my grandfather was close to passing away Mm -hmm. obviously and as soon if you remember we played in tournament yeah and as soon as it was over it was like we had to go see him because we didn't know how long he had So it goes game five. Team Slayers are just such a snowball fest sometimes. We know we lost the game. It's just a matter of like them literally killing us another like six times. Yeah. And like, I think like one of, I don't know if it was even me or who, I think someone else said, let's just end, like just end it because we know we lost. And then I was like,
0: yeah, just end it
1: you know because and but Wasn't I, I would
0: apg didn't he say just said this yeah i think yeah. it
1: was apg but it, it doesn't matter we shouldn't have we shouldn't have, there, we should like have from done you it guys
0: though. like I, I do understand that you're so i think it's very different from ending a game two and ending game five where you're literally it's over i understand that
1: i will say even though like that's a sad story we are guilty of doing it in the past because yeah. in the past we would be losing in a slayer in a scrim yeah and we'd end it yeah and the other team would get mad that we ended it but we're like it's a scrim, like you know. Don't like we know we lost
0: until you then in scrim because obviously scrims practice. Then yeah. you put it into play in real life. <laughs> well, the
1: funny part is though, because like I'll just say like kind of quickly the story. Reciprocity back in um, 2018 when there you remember that the yeah. reciprocity team we did that all the time in scrims we'd be losing like a collie slayer we hated the game type we'd be losing by 10. we're just like just end it let's get on to the next one and they got really mad because they're like <laughs> you know we're practicing our setups <laughs> and whatever and, you know we're like oh, we're man. at the, we're at the end of the game's life cycle yeah. at that point so we're like yeah, yeah, yeah like shut up eric you know oh, <laughs> and uh um, sorry eric. yeah no offense eric <laughs> um and, but then when we played in 2018 we actually had a scenario where we were down like 10 in the tournament and you can at a live event you don't do that period but we actually came back and won. And after the series, we thought it was the funniest thing in the world that like,
0: why were you tempted to end it?
1: No, at a tournament won't? we never would end it. But no. we were down right. ten, and right. we came back. So it was funny that the scenario was we wouldn't play out the games and like let them win in the scrim. Yeah. But then in the tournament, we did the comeback. We actually yeah. came, came
0: back. Yeah, <laughs> surprise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why we didn't let you practice your setups. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all tactical yeah, on the screen. Exactly showing my secrets the real secret of a champion right there um no no, don't do do that
0: super interesting i also have a bit of an interesting topic for everybody this week as well that i have been desperate to talk about because it's something we talk about quite often because this topic is brought up all the time everywhere in every game every literally every corner even i would say traditional sport as well but i also think in traditional sports a little bit more uh, I would say like the lines of how to describe this or when you're judging this thing that I'm about to talk about, it's a little bit more obvious yeah. than in esports, I think, because esports, I think, is still growing and still we're still learning about, you know, different aspects of it and what makes everybody really good at what they do and who is really good at what they do, Um, which is being a goat yeah. now. Yeah. For everybody who isn't an esports fan, a goat is not the animal, even though we do use the animal emoji <laughs> online a lot, is actually stands for the greatest of all time. Uh, that phrase very recently, I think, has been thrown around so much. I mean, I am I throw it around a lot to people that I do think do deserve it um, in their own field but it is, still, it is still widely used and I think sometimes unnecessarily so to the point where I think it's kind of lost its meaning 100%, 100% and touch.
1: 100% has lost its meaning.
0: And I think especially in Halo, there is so often conversations that are had about the greatest of all time in terms of teams and what that means. And obviously, we speak about this a lot because I think different people have different ideas of what greatest of all time means. Yeah. Um, some people think it's to do with... You know, how many wins you've had, how many accolades you got as a team or as an individual, um, how good you are, um, a certain number of years that don't count because of replayed games or there's so many different twists and turns with different people and different individuals. That it makes it really hard to actually measure the true meaning of it. So I'm very curious to know what your true meaning and measurement is of greatest of all time when it comes to teams. And we'll talk about individuals after that.
1: Yeah so when it comes to teams I think the only two like metrics is like longevity and wins I guess and consistency so I guess three but this conversation is always so difficult because everyone has so many different things that they contribute to that list and I always say it in my stream all the time or social media when people talk to me it's like rather than the question be like who's the goat it's just Who's who's your goat? Your goat. Because it's so much about era and time period. And in gaming, I think the hardest part is you're playing different games. It's not, you know, if you're comparing traditional sport, NBA, NFL, stuff like that, overall, some rule changes and stuff, but same game. So, yeah, for me, I think when you're talking about team, it's definitely those three categories, but it's just all about what time, what time period you're growing up in, I feel like.
0: I think also another thing that people um think of as well for them is like how old they are yeah so that really i feel like that really kind of affects people's opinion on 100%. it because if they were around for like the final boss days um and they think that the level of halo back there is completely different from the level of halo right now and that's actually completely different so therefore the level of halo now doesn't count because back then it would have been much harder because teams and players right now find it a lot easier because they've learned from the past and blah yeah. blah, blah 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 there's so many different routes that you hear yeah. in explanations based on why people a lot choose of certain different teams, different loopholes and and because of the different games, but the reality is, is everything is ever-changing and growing. Um, look at the Olympics, for example. Let's just base this on traditional sports too, because I think there is a good kind of comparison here. The times for the 100-meter sprint back in God knows when, like years and years and years and years ago, and ten, like I'm talking like tens of years ago, um, were so much slower than they are now because things have evolved, people have adapted, we've got stronger, we've got taller, we've got, you know, you know, there's so many different things that have changed over time and people learn how to be better and that is just normal and without that there would be no evolution of different industries and things, there would be no benefit of doing things and learning and growing we talk about growing all the time as people and as industries and as businesses because that ideally is our goal isn't it and Mm -hmm. we talk about that with young talent as well that come through esports too and that's a prime example of it but you can't say that you know Usain Bolt isn't the the goat of the 100 meter sprint he's not the fastest man alive um because back then they didn't have weights like we have they didn't have the the nutrition and the physios and this to really like look after your body and the you know the different chambers for freezing your body to temperatures to help it recover faster and all sorts of stuff like that you can't yeah i find it hard to say that he's not the best um just because of a comparison to yeah. the older I, days i can
1: use like a gaming reference here. Um, so basically when people bring up this topic, I always say like, I'll listen to a few names. And if you mention a few of those names, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, you're, you're in the rough, Uh, you know, I don't have a personal opinion because I'm like, there's so many people. You're
0: in it. So it's difficult. You, you are, you could potentially be an opinion. So it's hard for you to be, one. but put me
1: me into that category when I'm done. Yeah. When I finish, let's go ahead and I, I can rank myself or let other people rank me. Like there's just, we're still going and playing in so many tournaments that it, the ranking is always evolving, right? But one of the biggest arguments that I see people make, and understandably so, because I mean he's one of my idols, like growing up. Ogre Two, I think Ogre Two has like forty something event wins, or maybe it's like north of thirty. I'm not sure. Um, but it's always funny when like people will talk about like TJ or like Lethal being the goat, or some people say me, whatever. Um, Snipe down Ola, like loads, a couple different people, right? And the category people always go to is the win category. And again, that's how many, wins, how you many have. wins you have. And understandably so, because again, that's a major category, how many wins you have. But at the same time, this is why it's so hard to argue stuff. Because when someone just says that he has the most wins, he's the best. Or it, it could be about anyone, but let's say the win category for Halo. But like Lethal or our team doesn't have the opportunity to plan as many events as they did back in the 05 or 04, I think to like 07. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like to, no, to catch that number is so difficult. Even Krim, who I think now has like 30 events or 30 event wins. I'm pretty sure something like that. Um, I remember like we were both on optic at the same time and optic won like back to back to back three weeks in a row. They traveled for a tournament and went and won it. Mm-hmm. Halo just doesn't have that. We won in, in our, span of 2016 we won regionals three months later was worlds or something like that like th- about three oh no i think actually would have been like a month between regionals and worlds so we won two events in a month right we didn't play another live event for seven months yeah Wait, so we were the best team Long. in the game and like throughout the whole time period we're still 13 owing everybody and we go to the next event i think we drop one map or two maps at the next event And I think we won the next one after that, too, which was another three months after that. So it's where it's just all about numbers and statistics. And there's so many different factors that you really need to go into, which is why the conversation is so difficult. It's hard. Do
0: you keep up with how many event wins you guys had as a team? I have
1: no idea. Because, no, it's just too much. It's too much to focus on. I'm really proud of a couple of achievements that we've made through it. I have, like, a rough estimate. Like, I think it was probably above 15 Maybe somewhere as a team, yeah, something like that is it not
0: more than that? The event we wins? didn't have
1: event. We just didn't have. Just events. didn't have that many. Yeah.
0: Okay, it's interesting because it feels like it feels like so much more than well, that.
1: Because it feels like that because we were the best team for let's say two and a half years because of the spice period. We were the best team for two and a half years. I think you know we played in 11 yeah. events and won. I've even
0: heard people talk about splice like the goat team oh, because yeah. they took you
1: down yeah. and I was like it, it, that's not that's, even how but that's a perfect example <laughs> that's, ex- that's a that's, that's a argument. perfect example of time periods and stuff like Silly. that people people will be like best best player in Halo 5 yeah and people will put shotzi, shotzi. was it, shotzi and yeah. again i get it because he won 2018 worlds and he was one of the most innovative players you've seen but like if you're gonna be hundred percent real and be like, who is the best player in Halo Five, then you have to factor in twenty sixteen through twenty eighteen, not just twenty eighteen. Yeah. So if you say who's the best player at the end of Halo Five, then Shotzi. go ahead. Go ahead and say yeah. Shotzi, you know, I think you could argue anyone on but Splice, then you look anyone at people on our like team. Frosty, yeah,
0: a lot of the boys on but, your team. You know, to be I, I think
1: who's the best player in Halo Five at the end, you can name anyone on Splice, anyone on our team. Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, I get that.
0: Yeah. And then I also think there's also another argument in there somewhere for the homies that believe this too, because your opinion is your opinion. It's not wrong and it's not right to everyone, but look, it's your opinion and that is absolutely fine and you can have it, keep it, no problem. But I think there's also like funny things that go with it that kind of counter other people's opinions. Like for example, you know, what makes an incredible player is it the fact that they're super flashy Mm. or is it the fact that they are a really good team player and actually what they do you know actually makes their team win not just the flashiness but the people that put in the hard work and the grind i mean non-biased but i think you're one of those people so i think for maybe a few people out there as well you might be their goat of whatever game that they want to talk about halo 5 halo 3 whatever it is Mm. because you bring a different different type of gameplay to the table that is, you know, it's really needed to win a game. Um, But then there is the flashy plays that just like make you fall back in your chair that, you know, are delivered by the likes of Frosty and Shotzi and all sorts of, all sorts of people. I've seen you do it. You did it the other day uh, where you got the three piece. It was great.
1: I I think the thing with the, the, it's like
0: your measurement. What is your personal preference? It's
1: It's all about personal opinion. And the problem with this conversation always is, When people say their opinion, they don't want to be told otherwise. No, no. It's like, I'm right. No, I'm right. That person's it. And that's it. Where I think I have a little bit of a different outlook with my approach of being like, I, I, I can understand why you would think a couple different people and... I'll just let you have that opinion. Yeah. I don't argue with you and say, no, you're yeah. wrong. It's you should, this person. I, and,
0: and I think a lot of people who do get in those arguments, let it go yeah. because it's their opinion. Yeah. It's what they think. It's what they love. It's what they're passionate about. That's fine. But I think people who do have an opinion need to understand it might not be everyone's cup of tea either. So yeah. just to, you know, also be open to others as well. But it is a very interesting topic with how diverse that it's thought a fun process debate. is. You see it
1: across everything. It's a fun debate. I I get it. I do. How many just, people do
0: you get in the stream? Come in and talk it's about every that. Day. Yeah,
1: it's every day. If you're if you're one of the regulars <laughs> of my stream, you know I I have a command when you type the word goat. You know you have like a, a bot. Night that, bot. A night bot yeah. pops up and says shut up. <laughs> because <laughs> you know, I it's saw that. It's I was every, like, what? it's every day. But I get it.
0: I know. I really wanted to make him. I make his uh, Twitch emotes. I really wanted to make a goat emote. No. But he would not let me. No. Um, and it's for this very reason because. First of all, he's very humble. Um, and second of all, I think it is based on the fact that goat means so many different things. And I think right now to you, it probably is based on just the animal at the moment. I had because someone, goat's so I had so someone come into my stream the understand. other day,
1: and this is no disrespect to Dashi. Yeah. But he said, when well, I was talking about Optic, like we were talking about Call of Duty match, and he said, oh, Dashie's the goat. And I was like, dude, oh man. I was like, that word, it you trigger, know? It triggers you. It does, because it's like, it, it's no disrespect to Dashy, but then it's like, you know, clearly if you're talking call of duty ranking and all that stuff, um, you can't ever put dashy above formal or above scump, right? So that's why that word is so overused. And so, oh man, just, we got to come up with new terms. In the gaming scene,
0: (laughs) yeah. Or everyone's just a goat. Everyone, you're all goats. All of you watching, we appreciate you, greatest of all time viewers. Yeah, the goats. Yeah, it's it's just it's one of those things. I think it's I think it will slowly start to fizzle out. I I
1: joined an eights call. Eights is like random teams. You bet money, and I don't know who said it. And (laughs) I joined the call. It was like uh, the whole lobby joins one Discord. Yeah. And one of the players just goes couple or a bunch of goats in here or something like that and I I was like on stream and I just oh like I think I just like facepalmed like oh my god where's the shepherd yeah.
0: um yeah very, <laughs> very very interesting you know somebody referred to you the other day like somebody was uh, tweeting at me and um you know the cla- the casual like trying to hit on me or mm-hmm. something and somebody said, You don't know that she dates goat bite? go bite. I was um. like, Yeah. <laughs> I like it when anyone gasses you up and makes yeah. me happy. But yeah, I, I like it's funny. I read it and I thought to myself, Oh, he'd be face palming right now. Yeah. He'd be like, No, it's snake bite. <laughs> i would <laughs> switch the animals please yeah. um but no it's it's uh, hey look there's a lot of people that look up to you there's a lot of people that look up to others who have achieved so much and that's fair enough but it's very difficult sometimes when the conversation's taken pretty seriously and people yeah. do debate it in a serious way talking about though uh incredible players across all platforms and all esports um i gotta say halo seems to produce uh, players that can be very flexible when it comes to different esports and competing. Obviously, we've seen quite a few Halo players head over to Call of Duty in the past years and recent years. Uh we've got the likes of Enable, Formal, I mean, the, you could name so many and then obviously we've got the young gun, uh, Shotzi, who mm. made his debut last season. We've got Neptune headed over this season, but I mean, let's be honest they all make it to the top you know a lot of the transfers have made it so so high up and had fantastic careers in in call of duty and other esports so do you think there's something special about halo and the dynamic of that game that allows these players to really kind of get welcomed into in terms of their talents and their skill level but get welcomed into the likes of call of duty and the way that game plays
1: yes and no because I definitely think that Halo helps players build fundamentals and the uh, time to kill being a little bit longer. You have to learn to play your life a little bit better. Communication has to be a Something little more. Something I'm not good at. <laughs> so communication has to be a little bit more spot on. You're good. I, don't, I just you, throw why?
0: myself at people. Have it. No.
1: You play your, you're, you're good. My, you play your life pretty well. You take gunfights. My fight, movement's you take gun terrible.
0: Fights. Oh, yeah. I'll chow anytime. Any, <laughs> anytime. I'm there. But my movement's not good. When we
1: played h 2 you were really starting to get it down.
0: I know he killed you quite a few times on 1v1, though, when we'd warm up. was oh, that annoying? I
1: wouldn't lie about it on podcast, but...
0: Was that annoying?
1: No, you're lying on podcast, not what? me. Yeah, I didn't... What? what? You almost killed me?
0: Yeah. I had you I had you one shot. She was gone, bro. <laughs> I, was, I think you
1: actually did get close to me. You were flashing. Because, okay, but I said... <laughs> Many this. times. I told you, your shot is actually really good. So of course you're gonna get close <laughs> to killing me, gas yourself up a little bit. I know. I'll gas you up. Don't no, worry.
0: No, my movement's terrible though. It's and it's actually. You just walk. In doesn't matter line. how good. Yeah, I'm just.
1: <laughs> no straight Just straight line. Yeah.
0: No strafing. Nothing. um <laughs> It was yeah. It's bad. I can barely whip around.
1: <laughs> the the whole comparison though with like Halo players going to Call of Duty stuff, I think Halo does provide a little bit of good fundamentals taking you into other games you know, there's a lot of examples of it. You look at Ninja going over Fortnite. Yeah, I mean, just PC games in general. Ninja, I mean, it's funny because his play style that he has in other games is very much his Halo play style. Yeah. Really aggressive, like, you know. Um, but yeah, I just think that Halo just teaches players, I think. And when you make it to a top level in Halo, you have to have those fundamentals down compared to maybe some players in Call of Duty, like young players in Call of Duty can rely a little bit more on solely gun skill. Like, I remember, like, six talking about why his team communicates so well, and he's like, "Well, three fourths of us have came, came from Halo. Not he, necessarily came from yeah. Halo, but at one point played professional at Halo because that like, Krim, I think he like he went from Halo to Call of Duty, but I think he went Call of Duty to Halo. Yeah, back it was like a and quick same transition. same thing. Yeah, same thing with Hugh. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Actually, so he was a call. He he was a Call of Duty pro first. Yeah. So I think like Halo players do transition well, but at the same time, I wouldn't say every player can do it. Yeah. It's I think it's a natural ability. And most of the players that are switching have the natural ability, the work ethic, and like just this perfect combination of what makes them a good player and like quick learners. The average Halo player who's in the top six isn't going to Call of Duty and you know making it in. I think the guys at the top, I think that they, the guys at the top, like Shotzi, Renegade, my team, right? The people who've been cons- placing consistently at the top for a long time. I think that like, if we tried to transition, I wouldn't say we're gonna su- that we would succeed, but we have a one-up advantage, having played, having had those fundamentals and played at such a high level for so long.
0: You feel like you could have transitioned to COD. You'd wanted to at one point a yeah. long time ago. Do you think you could have done it successfully to so like where?
1: I know I could have done it. Yeah. I and I don't I don't mean that in a r- like big ego way. Oh, we know. We know don't worry. I just feel like. I made it to the top 16 with just Halo players back when I was like 18 or 19, I think. And had I taken a couple of the offers that I got, I think teaming with Call of Duty players would have just excelled me so much. I had a pretty good like performance in Call of Duty Ghost when I tried switching. And I mean, I set the kill record. I don't know if it stayed, but we played oh, against TK. Yeah, um, our team final boss, our Call of Duty team, played against TK, who had formal on it. Funny enough, who yeah. I'm, I'm good friends with probably how we got the scrim because we shouldn't have been scrimming them. And I uh, set the kill record for the time being. I don't know if it stuck. The kill record in like a side of domination. Yeah, and it's like when players do stuff like that, you can kind of be like okay, like there's, something there's, there's some, something, there's something, there's, there's something, something with, there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I just, um, I didn't network properly. Networking has never been my thing. I'm very, and you know, this and most people watching probably know this. I keep a closed circle and yeah. don't want to talk to many people. I've gotten better at it, but I think I could have, I just, and again, when I say I could have, I'm not saying, Oh, I'd go be the best player. I think that like I could a hundred percent be on the last place team in the league you know, and perform perfectly fine to be a league player.
0: Well, I mean, I know you're mad talented, so and I I also know that anything you put your mind to, you tend to want to be the best at and really work at it. Like, I think that's the difference between you and a lot of other people is that, and I'm not just talking about esports, I'm just talking the world generally, but like you... Golf. Yeah, got (laughs) anything, like anything that you want to pick up, you literally will just talk about the podcast but you'll grind until yeah. you are good at it until you are good enough for it's you an obsession. it is an obsession but I think that's what makes you so brilliant at everything so I think you would have transitioned great I think you'd have made a fantastic quality like pro well, player it's, it's why
1: I didn't play in challengers this year I was yeah. planning on it and then I really thought about it I, I talked to you obviously and I was like I initially said I
0: said go for it
1: well you remember I was talking to you about it and I was yeah. like you know, because we're, we're signed. We're, yeah, They're we're we're excited. signed. So we're signed for Halo Infinite, Under Sentinels, and mm-hmm. I am hundred percent looking forward to playing Halo Infinite. I love my team. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to play with. But obviously, I want to play at a really high level in a new game. I just want that experience of learning a new game again. And Call, I love that about Call of Duty. Every year, learn something different. And I put out a tweet that I was gonna play in challengers. And when I talked to you about it, I was like, I'm just gonna try to win the challenger stuff. Like I don't, I'm not gonna try to make the league or anything like that. And then you remember, I went to like a week later, and I was like, I'd be trying to make the league. Like I could, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't play yeah. in it and not be like, I'm better than X pro player. Like let me, let me in. Yeah, you know? I know,
0: I know, and it's hot, but that's like. I think that's a mentality of a of a lot of people yeah. because and oh, yeah. also you also can see the people who from Halo who have come before you and who have made it to the top of you know the league and yeah. and and been there and done that and then you've got you who's one of the greatest Halo players that we have currently on the greatest team we have currently and it'd be difficult and I not even just for your ego but I think for your mentality playing too because you just want to you want to play at a level that you're you're used to and the competition and stuff even though challenges honestly is great competition it'd be be hard i'm not saying a lot of the challenges players came in last season um as subs and blew us out of the water Mm -hmm. like it it was unbelievable they were the game changers honestly of last season for some of our teams and i mean i think you would have excelled so well in challenges and i also think challenges is such a great platform for players to go to and to get noticed and I mean, I mean, look at last season, it, it's proved my point. Yeah. You know, they get used, you get picked up, you get noticed. So
1: I think it's one of the, I think yeah. challengers, I think the whole league format, obviously we won't talk about it too much, but I think I love the whole league format. I yeah. love what they're doing with challengers. I think they're investing even more into challengers this year. Um, Cause AM, AM players and AM teams can often get overlooked because at the end of the day, the top eight is usually, if you go to an open event, right. The top eight is usually the top eight. Like, it doesn't really shuffle around too much. Like, you know, who got seventh last event might get fourth. But overall, it's really hard to break into that top eight, where now with the challenger stuff, you're able to pay attention to who's doing consistently better than everybody else, all the other amateur players. And, you know, your last place team in the league, you got to spice it up. You got to switch it up. You bring in one of those players, and boom, all of a sudden, everything's clicking. And it's a great opportunity because it doesn't happen often, but it doesn't happen often. But then now in call of duty, I feel like it's happening more and more where subs were used a decent amount last year. New talent is coming in and, you know, credit to them.
0: Yeah, definitely major credit to them. I'm excited to see, you know, what challenges is going to produce for us this season too. And like what really cool, uh, incredibly talented players will come up through Challenges and, and kind of take the world by storm uh, in the Call of Duty League. I think that's going to be amazing to to watch and see unfold. And obviously Challenges is also a show in itself every single week yeah. as well, every time that we have Call weekly, of Duty League on. Weekly tournaments. Yeah, which is absolutely phenomenal. we an incredible bunch of talent as well heading that up too. Um, it's wicked, absolutely wicked. So if you're, if you're into that kind of thing and you want to see young superstars at their prime and, and watch them from the beginning and follow them, Great place to go, do it is uh, Call of Duty League challenges. I absolutely love that. Um, I think, I think it could be about time we round things off. You know, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's been I think a it's fun a good, episode. It has been a fun episode. We covered but, a lot of topics. Yeah, we did. We actually did cover a lot of topics, some very interesting talking. ones. So I know easy. we could, but the thing is, we've got to save it for next week. I know. Um, we got to talk about Beanbox's coffee. So the Cuma coffee, mm-hmm. obviously, like we said before, very floral. It was very light i found what did you think of it sipping through
1: yeah i thought it. I, it's really good it's a light roast coffee um a little bit on the fruitier side like for my i like more of a dark roast but honestly if you like light roast i think we kind of said it last week but the opposite if you like a dark roast coffee it's gonna be really good for this one light ro- light roast coffee it's yeah. really it's honestly really enjoyable it's different it's very different
0: you know what i say i'd really enjoy this is on a really hot summer's day, yeah. it may be an I- iced mm-hmm. as well. And I think this would be really nice black as well. I think black coffee iced. Because it,
1: it's got a strong flavor. It does have a flavor. Strong, it has
0: a strong flavor, but I also don't think it's like it wouldn't knock your socks off if you drank it black without any kind of milk or dairy or you know dairy alternative i think it would be really it it tastes really nice i think if you are into black coffee i think this is a really nice one or if you want to start drinking black coffee i think this is also a really good way to start it as well but it is very floral i would say but it's really it's really nice it's very different
1: um that's that's a problem that people have a lot when they start to try to only drink black coffee it's too strong yeah right isn't that that's kind of like well, you burn it and it doesn't you, taste good yeah okay so there you go it's a good alternative if you're trying to stop drinking sugar okay I guess. how <laughs> many
0: how many grinds that's our system of rating i've come up with what? grinds how many grinds mm-hmm. so you just many... randomly came up with this no, right I, now? I, I put it into last episode so i, I wrote it down in the description oh, okay so how many coffee grinds are you giving this coffee
1: is it out of 10 still it's out of 10 <laughs> coffee grinds yeah um you go first I, i'm always I gonna say just you go you. first i
0: just asked you no. go on no 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 no, no. Nope. La- ladies first ladies first
1: okay fine um mainly so i can cheat
0: yeah you're gonna try and <laughs> go off what
1: yeah. i'm saying
0: yeah 100% you would have thought guys a competitive player such a cheater it's as if he's like quitting out of game twos or game fives i <laughs> crazy um
1: wouldn't be the first time
0: (laughs) (laughs) i would probably give this coffee Ooh, you know what? I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. And I think you're probably surprised that I'm yeah. going to say that. And and I'm actually saying that because this is not exactly my like my go-to. I especially probably wouldn't go for this in winter. But if I'm thinking of like the time you should drink it, then I'm going to rate it for that. So I would say summer, really nice summer coffee. Very floral, very different. But the reason I really like it, and I would give it 8 out of 10, because the flavor profile is so cool. Yeah. You can taste every single individual note that is mentioned in the coffee um i would say especially mango and hibiscus with a little bit of honey i can't taste the cantaloupe i'm not that mad about that i don't yeah. know if i want to taste cantaloupe in i was coffee. scared i i, I yeah. chose this one
1: <laughs> and i was very scared i read the notes i really kind of chose it just to like mess with her i wasn't going to tell her like what it was are you for real yeah, I just wanted to you see want how... You want to
0: mess with me? Not mess
1: with you, but I was just going to test your coffee knowledge. Like, All <laughs> right, well, what, what do you taste? And then I was be like, haha, it says it right here, but yeah, she realized it. So. I did realize. I'd give it a 6.5. 6.5, okay, yeah, Why would you give it so a 6.5? I don't personally, like it's not my style coffee, which is going to be the hard part of rating because...
0: But you can t- talk about why. Right, so, so
1: I'd say 6.5 because it's very unique. And to what you said, if you're drinking it at the right time, I think it'd, I think it'd be right. Yeah. You know, I don't personally, I love a dark roast coffee, 100%, but 6.5 because the flavor profile is so unique. Yeah. And honestly, it's it's probably the first kind of coffee that I've had that tastes like this, which yeah. I it has to be above a five just for being different.
0: You already know that coffee is good as well when it has the little breathing hole at the back where you can.
1: I think they all have that.
0: You can smell it. Some some don't. Some, some oh, do. I think everyone some... in this Oh, yeah, box everyone in the box the... does. There is actually quite a few in this box as well. Um, we will we'll actually put it on our social, so you'll be able to see on Instagram uh, and Twitter as well. We'll make sure we tweet out a picture of what it all looks like, and you can check out our socials and stuff. Um, but do you know what? I would say Beanbox um, again, not a, not an ad, not a sponsor, but I would give Beanbox a ten out of ten. I oh, think yeah. they're wicked. I think the fact that you can actually learn about what you're drinking to the point where you know the notes am of I, your coffee.
1: Am I wrong? You can adjust what you want as well yeah oh that's 10 out of 10 yeah so basically you can
0: ask them to like send you random stuff Mm -hmm. or you can look at the list and have a look on what is on offer at the moment Uh, and i think some of it's seasonal too depending on like who's making it and where in the world it's from. So I think, you know, that's really cool that you can personalize it. So if you really loved a certain that's type, you can kinda. get a sampler bag, which is about this size, or you can get a full bag of it as well.
1: We're going to need to get two subscriptions, <laughs> one random for the podcast. Yeah. And then one, just like what we prefer, because honestly, I love it. It's Yeah, great.
0: it's a really cool idea. Um, it's very, it's very different and unique. And I think it's wicked, especially if you're a coffee lover too. But uh, yeah, really, really loving that. And I really like how different this uh, Kuma coffee is but you know what peach episode it's about two time. In it's about the time. books. yeah so in episode two done and dusted um it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys as usual and we hope you've really enjoyed it you can catch our podcast on spotify and itunes and of course youtube as well um and if you want to follow us on our socials please go and do it we've left it in the description below we've got twitter instagram all sorts of things and if we're missing anything guys if you want to see it on a different platform let us know because we can easily go and do that for you um super easy click of a button so uh yeah we hope you enjoyed uh, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you guys next wednesday keep up the grind